0: Hello, everyone. It's Evan. First, I want to say that I hope you're all doing well and staying healthy during this crazy pandemic year. Second, now that we're in December, it's time to take action with your last minute tax moves before year end. One important tax strategy you can implement right now is tax loss harvesting, where you intentionally sell positions that may be carrying a loss to offset some of the gains you may have made during the year. We posted a great episode about this a while ago that went into great detail. We're reposting that episode today as all of the information is still relevant and accurate. So without further ado, enjoy. Welcome to the Paragon Financial Partners
1: podcast, where we discuss the markets, our strategies, and how to live better today while planning for tomorrow. Hello, and welcome to the Paragon podcast. I'm here with Evan Shorten, the firm's founder and principal.
0: Hello, this is Evan Shorten, and I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode. If you would like to listen to our previous episodes, you can do so at paragonfinancialpartners.com forward slash media. To subscribe to our podcast, you can find us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. So now that the end of year is approaching, it's time to start thinking about
1: potential tax liabilities that may be due. For this episode, we specifically want to focus on capital gains taxes and how using a strategy called tax loss harvesting can help you reduce your capital gains tax liability. To get the discussion started, let's explain what capital gains and losses are. Evan?
0: so The simple definition of a capital gain or loss is that it's the realized profit or the realized loss from the sale of property or an investment. The term realized is important because it means you actually sold a specific asset and no longer own it. The sale of this asset triggers a taxable event and if you had a realized capital gain, you may owe capital gains taxes on that profit. We also want to mention that capital
1: gains taxes can be incurred on many asset types. Most people typically think about capital gains with respect to their brokerage accounts it may come as a surprise to some people that selling your home or other real estate may trigger a capital gains tax. Selling a collectible, such as a piece of art or an automobile, or even selling a business can trigger a capital gains tax liability. Yes,
0: and different asset types have different capital gains tax rates. As I mentioned, a capital gain triggers a tax liability. And fortunately, a capital loss provides you with the ability to offset potential capital gains, and that is the basis of tax loss harvesting. In other words, if you had a substantial capital gain in a given year due to selling a highly appreciated stock while rebalancing your portfolio, or because you sold your home after it substantially appreciated over several decades, you can look for underperforming assets you own to sell at a loss. Capital losses offset capital gains on a one-to-one basis. Meaning, if I sold a specific asset and had a capital gain of $1,000, I can look for positions to sell that generate a loss of $1,000 and my total capital gain would be zero and I would have no tax liability. Typically, you look for potential losses in your taxable brokerage account simply because it's easy to sell a stock, mutual fund, or bond. And capital losses in an asset class like equities can offset capital gains in real estate and collectibles as well. Now what's important to recognize is making sure that you're focusing on and being aware that you're matching up long-term capital gains and losses with short-term capital gains and losses. Short-term capital gains are more valuable because they're taxed at a higher rate and they can be used to offset long-term capital gains. But the inverse is not the case.
1: Okay, And what happens if you have realized capital losses but
0: no realized capital gains in a given year? So if you itemize your tax deductions, you can apply up to $3,000 of realized capital losses to reduce your ordinary income tax. If you have capital losses greater than $3,000, you can carry over that loss into future years. Okay, so let's say you realized capital
1: losses in order to offset capital gains or to reduce your ordinary income.
0: Now what? Am I giving up that position entirely? That's up to you. If you sold an underperforming asset or position in your brokerage account that you no longer see a point in owning, you can certainly sell it and never look back. On the other hand, if the underperforming position is part of your long term asset allocation, You can repurchase the position in 31 days. So would you be
1: out of the market and holding cash for those 31 days? And what's the significance of the 31 days?
0: You could keep the proceeds from the capital loss sale in cash for that time period. That is certainly an option. Or you could buy a position that helps maintain your asset allocation. For example, let's say I hold Kinder Morgan, ticker symbol KMI, which had a significant price drop since last December. I could buy an oil and gas ETF or the Hennessy Gas and Utility Fund to maintain my asset allocation for the time being. On the 31st day after the original sale, I would then sell the ETF or fund and buy back Kinder Morgan. I also want to be clear that we are not recommending that our listeners buy Kinder Morgan or to use any specific mutual fund or ETF mentioned in this podcast. We are simply picking these securities as examples to illustrate a specific point. With respects to the second question regarding the 31 days, if you sell a security at a loss and buy the same or similarly identical security within 30 calendar days before or after the sale, the loss is disallowed for income tax purposes, so you will not be able to offset the loss against the gain. Once the 31st calendar day hits, you're good to repurchase if it's part of your overall plan. The IRS created that rule specifically to prevent taxpayers from taking losses on securities they hold in order to avoid paying taxes. Additionally, the wash sale rule stretches across all of your accounts, and this is important. Because if you sell a position to generate a loss and repurchase that position within the 30-day period in a different account, the loss is still disallowed. If you sell a position to generate a loss in a taxable account and repurchase that position in a tax-deferred or tax-exempt account like a traditional or Roth IRA, again, the loss is disallowed. If you sell a position in your brokerage account to generate a loss and your spouse buys that position within the wash sale period in their account, again, the loss is disallowed. Now waiting 31
1: days to rebuy specific security has some risks, right? We've seen some pretty big price fluctuations in the market the last few years, and that can happen multiple times over a 31-day period. Essentially, you may not be able to repurchase as many shares
0: as you originally owned. As the saying goes, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Tax loss harvesting may add some risk into your portfolio along with some added costs. As you mentioned, Elyon, you may not be able to buy the same amount of shares as you once held if the price were to move up during the wash sale period. Additionally, depending upon where you hold your brokerage account, you may have a transaction fee on each sale and purchase. Finally, one last thing to keep in mind. As your portfolio grows in value, tax loss harvesting becomes more difficult. Tax loss harvesting ultimately lowers the cost basis of each position used in this strategy. If those positions grow in value over time, they will generate larger capital gains. Also, there's a lot more that can and should be reviewed on this specific topic. so please consult with your financial and tax advisors.
1: Okay, great. Thanks, Evan. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Paragon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about a specific topic, feel free to write us on our Facebook page or by emailing us at info at paragonfinancialpartners.com. Again, thank you for listening in. Paragon Financial Partners, Inc. is a registered SEC investment advisor The broadcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a solicitation or offer to purchase or sell securities. The financial strategies and guidelines discussed herein may not be appropriate for everyone as each individual circumstance is unique. Please review all tax information with your tax professional. Please review all legal information with your legal professional. We hope you enjoyed the Paragon Financial Partners podcast. And again, thank you for listening.